For too long, the big questions of Dungeons and Dragons have remained unanswered. Generations of nerds too afraid to really get down to the serious business. But no longer. Two heroes have emerged with the skills, knowledge, and bravery to tackle the biggest questions. Questions like... How familiar are you with familiars? Want a cute and squishy familiar to love? Here, little squishy wishy. Come on, squishy. Will you be my familiar? Look, I have a little treat for you. Now I have a cutie little squishy wishy familiar to pet and love and cherish and squeeze. I'm going to take you home and lock you in a nice little cage and never ever let you out except to pet you and love you and hug you and squeeze you all up. That'll be so much fun. Hi, I'm Kaylin. And I'm Dustin. <laughs> Jeez Louise. That's just my normal energy. Um, so we're joined tonight, and I'm going to say this because energy. Dustin's just... Conf- hey, what? Um, hmm? Yeah, that's true. Nothing. We're joined by the cutest and coziest streamer on Twitch, Bry Supersaurus. Hello. 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 My Hello. name is uh, Bry from the channel Bry Supersaurus, and that's right. We are very cozy and cute, and today we invented meat raids. Meat raids? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Please explain meat raid to me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, should I just do a different intro and we can edit this out? Because it's it's a very Twitch heavy thing. So is, no, it's know, is fine. That gonna be... We're we're one and done here. <laughs> okay, one one and done. This is there's no yeah. second takes. Okay, okay wait, so... you have to explain what a meat raid is. <laughs> oh, it's too late now. Yeah. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with Twitch, potentially, um, a raid is where a streamer at the end of their stream they'll take their entire community and their all of their viewers and watchers over to a different stream and um, dump them over there and, and they'll raid another channel and it's usually very delightful and fun. Um, however, those raided viewers don't count towards that streamer's average numbers for when they're trying to apply for the next levels of Twitch. And mm-hmm. so we, in, I've devised, and I'm sure this has been done many, many, many times before, but I came up with a, an idea that was to take all of the active um, people in the chat from... Um, at my stream when we finish the stream and instead of all raiding over as one big unit we take all the active people and we give them a link to click on into the new stream oh. that we're going to raid anyway and they click like into the manual link that's in raid. The so it's like so it's like a manual raid but it's it's it gives them an actual organic button click which Yay. counts towards their views that's so we did it for someone today idea. and we had like 10 or 15 people that actually clicked the button and gave the person an organic view. And then yeah. we rated the rest of the people, which were lurkers and people hanging out or people that were away from the keyboard or whatever. So we, we were trying to brainstorm ideas for what we should call this, because I think this could be a thing that actually helps out people in, in the future. Yeah. And maybe we can turn it into a bit of a thing if, if it goes well. And we we're trying to come up with a, with a new name for it. Um, and look, it was a long, it was like one of those detective boards with string and photos <laughs> and, and connecting dots and suspects and red circles. And anyway, someone suggested, um, someone suggested a, a meet and raid instead of a meet and greet. Um, and then, and then they got shortened to a meet raid, which is like, you're meeting these new people for the first time as a part of a raid. Oh, you, and then, M- 
And then I said, I like the idea of a meet raid instead of a meet and greet or a meet cute. But when I say it out loud, all I can think of is meet raid as in M-E-A-T, which is probably what you thought of when I said meet raid. And now we can't seem to get away from the term meet raid, which I hate, but here it is. (laughs) I really like that. Um, And absolutely, next time I raid you, we will do a meet raid because I know you are working on your... um, partner push or just like (laughs) growing your channel that's a great idea um i also like to call we i call uh the internet the veggie space and the real world is the meat space you have your meat friends that um that you get to see are made of meat and (laughs) confirm that they are meat i hate the explanation (laughs) of it i hate it um and it, it isn't a weird roll for this episode if we're just not immediately off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, so we, we did that for the first time today and it was, I think it went great. Although something that I didn't really consider is that the person who is the streamer, they have to lead the charge. You, you have to be the first person to put the raid message in the new yes. uh, chat, especially since most of your viewers or some of them may not have been into this person's chat before. And so mm-hmm. I was like, we've picked the person here. Here's their, their link in the chat. Everyone jump into that link, click the link. It'll be an organic link and put the raid messaging. Go, go, go. And then no one kind of did it. And then uh, someone was like, Brian, you've got to do it first. It's scary. And I was like, <laughs> very good points. This is a place that you've never been before. I'm just saying, Hey, trust me. They're go. They're, they're great. And, but it's a channel that you've never been to before. Of course, you're not just going to like, because, you know, when you do the raid at the top of the chat, it says, you know, Bryce Supersaurus or we didn't roll for this raided with X amount of viewers. And that's what, that kicks it off. That gives all of the agency for everyone else to give the raid messages. But if I don't do that, it's just, it's weird. (laughs) It's scary. So I did learn that today. That was a good, that was a valuable lesson that I've, I've got to, I've got to lead, lead the charge. (laughs) Um, Anyway. You have previously joined us for D&D school um, on yes. Wien and Roll for this because you are very new to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, um, newer than you. <laughs> what, are your, what are your sort of like fondest memories or what did you really enjoy from it? Like your first D&D experience? You know what, you know what, the, you know what the best thing ever about D&D was for me was mm-hmm. just just improving and just saying dumb things with my friends <laughs> yeah that was really it I, to be honest like and and crocknor and and well you and crocknor but crocknor as the dm it, like incredible like amazing absolutely oh, yes. one like wonderful and what an amazing dm to have as a very first um campaign don't but shake also your head just dustin like... <laughs> the, people, the people listening who cannot see us as we explained um before to some people uh, off the podcast recording how podcasts work is that it's it's audio only they cannot see us yes uh, justin was shaking his head stop doing that except um, um, the comments does not <laughs> <laughs> anyway it was it was amazing and and the reason one of the reasons why i say that not not the only but one of is i look i i like talking all right I like talking and I like making up <laughs> dumb shit. <laughs> and That's if someone, so aka a dungeon master such as Dustin, um, aka Crocknor, gives me agency or free reign to just 
make up things. I'm going to do it. And guess what? He just bloody took, just just went with it. <laughs> didn't, okay. didn't try to lead oh. me too far away from other things. It was great. Just, just you know, making up and improving things with with friends was just, it was so much fun. I was a little bit, um, uh, uh, not scared. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. Um, but it, a little bit, you know, hesitant going in that like, Oh, I don't really know much about D and I don't like, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to go in the wrong direction. I'm going to like use the wrong terminology. And then I learned that doesn't really matter. You just, <laughs> if you've got an amazing DM like we did. And then I, we also did another, <laughs> um, another one shot with, um, with Nikki. Um, yes. She's that amazing was, as a DM. She's too. amazing. And I just, you know, I was just like, if you've got a good DM, then someone that you've got a good relationship with, mm-hmm. um, you can just, you don't have to worry about saying or doing the the wrong thing. And I'm, that's great because I, I, uh, I don't, I, I don't know a lot of, uh, a lot. I don't know a lot of the things to correctly to say in D and D and it didn't I... really matter. You know, the other, the other session that we did, I spent a lot of the time talking to a horse, which was an NPC. <laughs> Um, and Nikki, as the DM, became the a horse, horse for half an hour. <laughs> I forgot about the horse. My favorite thing, I think, um, which is that you learned the most important lesson when we played that second, that other one shot, was that you just come along for any ride. Like, so, like, I'm like, I'm going down these stairs, even though the other two people went that way. You're coming and you're like, already gone down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, pop quiz as a D and D school graduate. How much pie? Twelve inches. Okay, very good. <laughs> one. It thems the facts. <laughs> one twelve inch pie. Thanks. In uh, <laughs> diameter. <laughs> and um, how do you get ducks? Trading with wheat. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I just, is, am I okay? Did I just, I don't know. I felt like mm. <laughs> my brain suddenly could only do one word sentences for a hot minute. <laughs> oh no, I'm breaking. Uh, so we're here today as a, we kind of treat these uh, podcasts as kind of like a little um, black bonus lesson for you with um, Dungeons and Dragons. Excellent. Um, so this first one we're discussing familiars so um what is your understanding of a familiar brian then we'll get dustin to uh, explain um for yourself and then anybody who's listening uh who doesn't isn't familiar uh, well, with familiars. well we everyone knows that in dungeons and dragons familiars are spirits in the service of a given character most often taking the form of an animal <laughs> or a small creature did not say it was open book, but it, I didn't say it wasn't either. I mean, you're not so wrong. <laughs> so. Would you like to elaborate, Crazy. Dustin? I mean, he's not, he's not wrong. It's, 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 they're not technically actually beasts. They're kind of just spirits that take a form that you're forcing on them. And then you get to do stuff with them. Sometimes That's, being able to see you know, through their emotions or their, their telepathics depends on how connected you are to some unknown force that you've sworn your allegiance to, to get stronger ones. So they basically just don't pets? Or kind of like Pokemon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, more Pokemon than like pets because they have yeah. a basic intelligence uh, usually. Yeah. Okay, so kind of like, kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like Pokemon. 
Like you can, yeah. They'll they'll go along with you. Yeah. Like there is spirit that has attached itself to you, and it takes the form of a thing, a beast, mm-hmm. a dinosaur, a doggo, an otter. Best dinosaurs. Um, pseudo dragon, little tiny dragon. Or I don't know, an axe beak, or a badger, or um, I'm just <laughs> yeah. thinking off the top of my head here. Very, um, bristled, very alphabetical thinking that you've got there. <laughs> a bristled moorbounder, um, a brontosaurus, a brown bear. Ah, oh, a camel. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't just have any beast as a familiar. A you have to have badger. weak beasts. <laughs> Maybe a cave badger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and then they're, they're kind of, kind of a bit like a Pokemon. They'll travel along the road. And so, if you're in a and D campaign and you've got a familiar, mm-hmm. does your familiar are they able to do a like an attack just like you can? Do they basically do they become a Pokemon in that sense, or is it literally like you know, Bry and the Allosaurus arrive at the battleground? Mm-hmm. The Allosaurus is there for moral support. Like, what does a familiar do I mean, other than just look cool? More of the moral support. So they act independently of you, but always obey your commands. Um, the thing is, that though, is like a cat. Cat. <laughs> cat. A cat? Cats don't obey commands. No, they don't. That, that's more of the acting independently part. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, it was much heavier in the acting, <laughs> the acting independently part. <laughs> Yeah, but the big thing is that during combat, unless you were a warlock, because warlocks have different things, um, they can't attack. So they're okay. kind of just moral support. <laughs> um, warlocks okay, so have do a difference. You know the history as but... to how, like, why familiars were brought into the game, or how it kind of, how it kind of happened. I am not a hundred percent sure myself. Okay. But out of battle, what are things you could do with your familiar? Yeah. So I'll be oh, you're familiar. Me. I hope not. No. Well, actually, so do do you know the history, Brian? Are you <laughs> super well learned? I realized that as I was saying that question, I kind of was asking it as though, do you know because I know, but I want to make sure you know before I say anything so that I'm not telling you stuff you already know. When actually what I was saying is, please help me. I've got no idea what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, I see. So, familiars originally started as something that just wizards get. Um, right. Back in earlier editions, um, different classes got different stuff. So, a sorcerer had a bloodline of power. Um, barbarians had, like, a source of rage. Fighters had okay. arts that they learned for fighting. Wizards, they usually had, like, a school they practiced and, and they, they were good with, good with. But then they also had... Uh, one of two things, either a magical weapon that, that they like are their soul was bound with. So it became magical through study or mm-hmm. a familiar. And so it kind of just they always a wizard always had a familiar. Right. Um, for some reason, on five, if 5e, they made it a spell that technically only wizards can have, but other classes can get if they want. Right. Um, and so do you think like when. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who like is there is there someone in control of Dungeons and Dragons like there's obviously the website there's D&D Beyond <laughs> but like does someone I mean I'm making it sound like a like a like a conspiracy thing. Does, does someone does someone go who controls the game who who controls does does someone does is there someone at the top <laughs> is there someone that sits down at a board meeting and goes all right I'm pretty got some ideas 
pretty sure it's Warlocks, <laughs> they need pets, but they can do stuff like Pokemon, but they can't help you in battle, kind of like a Metapod. So <laughs> Metapods. They are Metapods. <laughs> How are you, are you can following me? And everyone in the board yeah. meeting is going, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. This sounds kind of weird. And then, they, and then the person bringing up the idea says, uh, well, how about this? You could um, you could bring in a an Allosaurus, or you could bring in an Ankylosaurus, or an ape, or an Auroch, and everyone's going. This sounds like a this sounds weirdly alphabetical, actually, Jerry. Um, <laughs> you got nothing Jerry on says, me. Well, you could bring in a black bear or a, a camel, and and you know, and then is that what happened? I had it. How did that's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, it, well, not like, that exact. I mean, probably, I guess <laughs> there are people who publish these source books and stuff, and they would make these decisions. Mm-hmm. New stuff comes out all the time, and they usually um, they'll play test it and they yeah. release it in things that people can access before it's actually published, and they might tweak it. Right. Uh, but this is like, I guess when we say it has changed from edition to edition, so when they come out with a new edition, they've reformed how that works and there's sometimes changes to the rules and stuff like that um so i can't tell you exactly who set the conditions of it (laughs) but someone out there did but i want to add this person and i want to i want to know (laughs) the handle (laughs) on the on the flip side though um it all kind of depends on your dm like a lot of people homebrew stuff and tweak the source books I personally see as a guide, like it's a yes. good base set of rules, but um, I'm really into the world building and creating a story with my players. So yeah. I'll often let things kind of just happen because it works with the story. Um, I, I just, I'm prepared for the day someone comes into and writes to me uh, by they don't know my address so hopefully not by mail because that would be creepy um and just go like i heard on episode two of this that you said this and no 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 and i'd be like um fuck you uh it's my game what did you say on episode i gotta go back and listen to episode two now or is this a new (laughs) podcast in the future that you're starting we did roll for this i like there's a lot of times so dustin and i kind of have dms open when we're doing it because we we're co-dming and then he'll be i'll say something and then he'll be like oh they're they're an elf so they don't actually sleep and then i'll be like i'll just figure that out later it's fine and (laughs) (laughs) it definitely seems like most of the people that i've spoken to about DD that either dm or are involved with dungeons and dragons in one way shape or form um i definitely just do their own their own yeah. world their own characters they're obviously they stick within the guidelines as you call them of D, yeah. but they just go and do their own we're thing. here to In have fact, fun like yeah you know yeah so. do your own thing especially with people that are so <laughs> new to the game i think to oh yeah crowd the game with all of the exactness of what it's might supposed to be as an example in the first episode of D school um Dustin let Teagues talk to some animals um, that she technically couldn't do, but we just thought it like, not that you have to explain this to anyone, but like she's had around, you know, you talk to your cat all the time, like, cause you, you know, it's, we just a sort lot, of treated like, it what, like too that. much actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering <laughs> we all do it. Um, so we just treated yeah. it like that. She's like, she knows animals. So she's like, Hey birds, what's up? 
like you know and the birds get the gist like maybe if they didn't understand the exactness of what Teague was saying it was it was you know just actually in Teague's body language when she was saying that even I noticed that Mm -hmm. it was actually very exact as to what she was saying so yeah even a a common butcher bird would be able to understand that so exactly um, yeah um but the thing that with your familiar slash pokemon uh, which dustin can talk about is like you can communicate telepathically Mm -hmm. yeah so i i have some news i I, i've looked up where the the origins of find familiar the spell yep um so it gets it gets interesting so we're gonna just start with 5e's edition Okay. Um, so f- in 5e, find familiar is uh, sorry. Find familiar, find familiar is a spell that um, usually takes about fifty gold, no, ten gold pieces of stuff. So it's like it's, it has a, it has an expense, but you get this familiar that's usually like a bat, cat, crab, frog, hawk, lizard, octopus, owl, poisonous snake, fish, quipper, rat, raven, seahorse, spider, or weasel. Um, and so. It has the statistics of those, but it's actually technically a celestial fae or fiend instead of an actual animal. Mm-hmm. So it's a Got spirit it. from this realm that you're shoving into a body. It's independent of you. Um, so when it gets down to zero HP, it disappears, leaving behind no physical form. It reappears after you cast the spell again. And then as an action, you can temporarily dismiss it into a pocket dimension. So you can actually just make it go away for a bit if you need to. Does it have a um, year of when of when this of when this came about so 5e itself came out five years six years ago i can't actually remember the actual date but okay, this is a say, fairly when you say it it comes out of it, it you know you can um cast a spell and it comes and it comes mm-hmm. to you and it takes the form of these other things and then once it gets to no hp then it goes into a did you say a pocket dimension it basically just poof and then you can summon it back later but didn't but did you say it goes into a, a pocket something? I'm fairly sure I heard you say it goes into a pocket. Yes, um, you can you can make it go into a pocket dimension. Sounds a lot like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Yes. Does Nintendo know about this? <laughs> no one at Nintendo. Pocket we could all get shut down. <laughs> dive, dive. Um so there's a couple other things that it can do. Um as long as it's within the th- within one hundred feet of you, you can can communicate with it telepathically. So, but then additionally, as an action, you can see through your familiar's eyes and hears what it hear, hears and hear what it hears until the start of your next turn, gaining the benefits of any special senses. During this time, you are deaf and blind with regard to your own senses. So you can just kind of tap into what they're seeing. So if it's a bird, they can fly above you. If it's a fish, they can see underwater. Very cool. Um, You can only have one at a time. And then so when it you sounds cast like a, a spell, familiar is kind of a bit of like a strategic assistance more than it is just like a thing that is attacking for you. It's it yeah. becomes yes. like so you uh, could send it to like scout ahead or um, check something out for you, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Also, just want to bring to your attention, Brad. While five E is is fairly, I guess, recent in iteration. I know that D and D was invented good. before Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean the, the familiar, the familiar's part that was that that Dustin was talking about in Five E, which according to him two minutes ago said was five or six years ago, sounded yeah. a lot like Pokemon. Like I just just that part. I know that D and D's been around for you know I don't know ten or, 10 or eleven years. Christ I don't know. No, I know it's been around for a lot longer uh, than Pokemon. 
also while um while you were talking about dinosaurs and stuff as as you're familiar like in in terms of the spell itself it gives you forms you can choose out of which is about cat crab frog or toad hawk lizard octopus Mm -hmm. owl poisonous snake fish rat raven seahorse spider or weasel but but um your dm can you can talk about it with your dm i've been in a game where um my familiar was um i forgot what the creature was it was a really creepy spider like a scarlet sort of looking thing um and that's because it fit my character so maybe you could get a tiny dinosaur it depends (laughs) it sounds like and this is kind of something that i experienced a little bit with um with the two games of D that i've played is you kind of have to just poke at the at the dm a little bit and just see <laughs> how far you can see what you can get away with and when when the dm says oh and so you cast the spell and you ask for it and you say a goddamn allosaurus and the dm goes oh. <laughs> you've got to maybe stop poking a little bit <laughs> I mean, what i would like, probably do see what you can get away is- with is just take the stats of a cat and then reskin it to be a miniature Allosaurus. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to and get just, creative like that. That's easy, just easy creative, stuff like that. Uh, wizardry. That's, that's kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's creative. Yeah. Um, it's magic, know, right? Ingredients, recipes, kitchens in the. In the I would in allow you to have. I would allow you to have a cat, uh, reskinned as a twelve-inch pie with legs. Well, I, I, I love you. I I'm gonna you. call that a toad more than a cat. But okay. I don't know. Depends how it's twelve inch pie though. What about a spider then? <laughs> Climbs up walls. Ingmar, Just, on your it's, next it's art actually... theme, can you please draw a cat reskinned as a twelve inch pie? <laughs> <laughs> can you add that to your backlog of of requests? Yes, sure a I will. Can... <laughs> I I just imagine like. Um, I'd, I'd actually see it as a cat discovered that pies are awesome, uh, cause they just look like pastry on the outside, but they're filled with delicious things. And yep. it kind of some, cause it's like a small uh, cat that is not really much longer than 12 inches. It somehow got into the pie and then it's like little legs poked out and people just think you have a pie familiar, but it's just a cat stuck in a pie. <laughs> Okay, so just so as Dustin was talking about earlier, you were saying that a familiar could be like a bird, for example, and the bird could go up a hundred feet, and then mm-hmm. and then say and then you could see what the bird could see, or mm-hmm. you could get a what was one of the sea creatures you said, like a swordfish, and then this and then the swordfish goes into mm-hmm. the octopus? ocean. Octopus. Well, yeah, yeah, octopus. Yep. So an octopus is that what you, you definitely didn't say swordfish. An octopus goes into the ocean and then. Um, you know, flails about with all of its legs or arms, mm-hmm. um, and and you can see what it's seeing. Oh, side yeah. note: Do you get a sense of what each of the eight arms feel? Um, a feeling down there, maybe rudimentarily, but not like in depth. It's mostly like hearing and seeing, to my okay. understanding. Yeah, that's good to know. But it's still its own um, little creature. I've never had a um, because I've not really though. done campaigns that are in a lot of water. I did want to have an octopus familiar, um, but it was vetoed because uh, they said I would have to then somehow work out how to carry it a lot. And then, <laughs> but mm. there's a seahorse on this list, and I, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I figure a seahorse would probably be more manageable than an octopus to carry. Yeah, you just have a little right? jar and actually doesn't like, can't, unless when you're water doesn't swim out, but maybe I just leave the jar somewhere and I'm like, you just watch here and yeah. I'm going to go over there. <laughs> you watch on this high vantage point and I will. <laughs> so wait, how do, okay. So hold on, just to backtrack mm-hmm. one second, we'll come back to the seahorse because that's quite interesting. But just as a bird can go into the sky and, and you can it yeah. can become your mm-hmm. eyes, or an octopus can go into the sea and it can become your sea eyes and legs. <laughs> what does a what does a cat that has gotten itself into a pie and become a cat pie? What extra insight does that give you as a player? Well, maybe it has a little space where it can see out of the pie. Maybe it has higher stealth because if it can like pop its legs back into the pie, <laughs> and then just sit I somewhere. Suppose- I suppose it would definitely fit in in, I don't know, a kitchen and nowhere else. <laughs> You're just out on the road and you walk past a rock with a pie on it, try to eat it it's and fine. it's swiped ah, yes. This seems completely normal and not out of the ordinary whatsoever. I will start telling all of my secrets right now out loud um, so the pie could hear but and I'm doing it because I'm not worried about this pie that's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I have done um, a campaign where there are two, two whole sessions around um, a pie contest. So Excellent. there are places where that cat would have been a huge help. Okay, here's mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. question. Here's another question for you, um, uh, pie cat. Um, with these familiars, they're saying that you can, like a bird can go up in the sky. It can see mm-hmm. for you, same as the octopus. Yeah. Can these familiars understand the what people are talking about? So can they understand the common tongue or common language? And can they understand the other, now I'm going to probably say a couple of wrong things here. So please um, correct me. But can they understand like, a, d- d- is Elvish a different language? Can they understand different, different species mm-hmm. of characters? So like if... So if you could go into, and also side question, mm-hmm. let's say you've got a cat that's in a pie and it's at the, it's at the pie eating contest or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever yeah. Inkmo was, does, do you get your vision, but from the standpoint of a cat or do you get cat vision, which would be better at night, but worse in the day? Oh. Yeah. It's you get vision. the cat's vision. You get so cat if, vision. Yes. So if any, the animal has, like, if you got uh an animal because it this the spirit the celestial fae or fiend will take on the um senses and things Mm -hmm. that the special senses that the animal would have gotcha yep so like potentially something that had really good hearing maybe you would hear better yeah exactly that could be a very clever uh tactical use of a familiar mm. oh definitely huge so you could huge use it works you could you could you could get a bat and send mm. it into a dark cave and say mm-hmm. use your screeching to find out what's in here yeah and then the bat could fly into the cave and yeah. and then as blind sight 60 feet yeah and then use its uh uh um seismic abilities yeah. Do you explain blindsight to Bri, please, Dustin? Oh, yeah. So some creatures have blindsight, and that's exactly what we were talking about, where even if they have no ability to see, like, physically, 
they just have a good idea of everything within 60 feet of them. So it's exactly that. They just always just they nice. just know what's around them. So you would have okay, that. So yeah. Someone Any that special has blind sight, you wouldn't suggest they get a bat as a familiar because what extra abilities other than a little bit of flying around? Yeah, it's but not helping a ton down. as much. I'm not helping a ton, but also well, yes, like yeah. more inconspicuous. Like rather than you trying to stealthily walk through the cave, you can send the bat for a bit of a fly. That's a good point. We... A bat flying over, especially at dusk, mm-hmm. is not uncommon. Like you will, mm. you'll yeah. very frequently see a bunch of bats flying over. Um, yeah. And that's okay. That's good. Okay. What about an Allosaurus? When would you normally see one of those? <laughs> um, when that's is an Allosaurus going to be inconspicuous? Because <laughs> that's what I'm uh, like probably in like to. in Chult, which is a a, a land yeah. where there are dinosaurs. Um, oh my goodness! I mean, there's a lot of dinosaurs in Chult. Like yeah. A lot of dinosaurs. There were also, it's... there are not only dinosaurs, but like uh, dinosaur humanoid types. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there something I can research to like? Do you have an? Is there? <laughs> should I just type in dinosaur humanoid D and D? Dinosaur race D and D would probably get you something like that. Dinosaur race D and D. I also put in five E as well, which is five to six That's years perfect. old. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's actually a real official. Oh my god! Oh, they're called Sorials. Yeah. Sorials. Sorials. That's the, apparently the name. Oh my god! Of the race. They really yep. are just walking, talking dinos, just mm-hmm. standing up dinosaurs. Yep. Wow. They're kind of. Cool. I think you oh, would really enjoy doing Tomb of Annihilation. I it, it's um. A lot of dinosaurs. Oh, it's a crazy one. That's where the Chult, Chult is the setting for Tomb of Annihilation. It's a it's a land that rose up from the water, um, and was really swampy and dinosaur-y and just reappeared one day. And everyone's like, "What? Got to go there? See what that's all about?" Uh, just reappeared a, one day. Ah, yes, that's quite not worrying deadly, at all. Let's go deadly there. Deadly campaign. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um. um that sounds bloody awesome. Oh, that's a, that's a, a good question, actually. This is less to do with familiars, but just more to do with D&D in general. If, mm-hmm. uh, if you do one of those campaigns, or like you said, the Tomb of Annihilation, which mm-hmm. sounds like an already pre-existing campaign, yes. how much uh, elasticity, is that the right word? How much freedom do the characters and do the DM? Is it still, can they, can they basically still just do whatever they want as long as they kind of, is it just like a setting that you're in or yeah. is it pretty specific with what you have to do in that? In that? Does that make sense? Well, there's, there's stuff going on that there's incentive to go get it dealt with, but, but I wouldn't say could... it's required. No, mm. yeah. Like, so the, the books itself will give you, like, the story, um, like if there's an overarching, there's usually an overarching uh, mission and story and plot. Um, but then there's, it's like an open world game like a lot of yeah a lot of the big campaigns kind of you could mm, kind of related to something like a sandbox game or you know so you've got in the book it will have all of the possible locations you can go and for the dm it will go like okay so if you go to this town um 
these are all the places, there would be a map, these are all the places they could go and these are the things that they encounter. They usually include mm. some flavour text and then maybe like what's actually happened. So it could be if they approach this house, there's a woman crying that you hear and then the players decide I'm going to either walk, let's not do that, we'll walk away, <laughs> that's fine. Gotcha. Or maybe they'll knock on the door and then um, you're like, okay, there's a zombie in there or... <laughs> You know, yeah, something gotcha. like that. Yeah. Um, for Hers of Strahd, I have the Curse of Strahd book, but I am heavily, heavily changing that. So yeah. I use that as a base, um, but <laughs> it's different. But then also the way I have to plan is like, I don't know what the players are going to do. So I'm like, yeah. ideally they would go here and then I would insert this bit of plot and then that would lead them to this other place or they could go... Gotcha you know what, we should go find some wheat because I really want to get those ducks. And Dustin hasn't written that. Are you what? sure? <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry, no. Sorry, sorry to, like, lift the veil, uh, for, you know, <laughs> pull back the curtain. Um, but after you decide to do that, like, if it's if the, if the um, session's still going, um, personally, me and Dustin are really good at going, okay, just like add, we're improving too with you guys. Yeah. You're improving yeah. and we're improving. Yeah. And then if the session ends, um, usually after you guys log off, Dustin and I are like, okay, I think what we're going to do with that is this. And then through <laughs> the week, like he just messaged me one day and he's like, it's just going to be a house just filled with ducks. <laughs> it was, I just get this message in the middle of the day. Well, it's like okay. So, so um, in terms of in terms of going back to familiars for a second, then do yeah. you both mm-hmm. have an ideal familiar or like a end game familiar? I guess it's probably specific to which campaign you're playing. So maybe I'll ask it this way: um, Is there a familiar mm-hmm. that you would like to try in a future campaign? I see. I always. Because oh. I was going to go for a different was, one. I was going to go that, for like... That, was, that, that, was, that answer was so quick it broke the sound barrier. That was so... <laughs> waiting for half an hour. You said we were going to round back to Seahorse. I've been waiting. We, I did say that. I did. <laughs> what about you, Justin? Um, I was going to say um, Spider as one of the mundane ones. Just because as, as far as I'm aware, it's like a spider spider. Little, like it doesn't have to be a big teeny, one. Teeny tiny little spider. Just like a... Because yeah. <laughs> they can get anywhere. For those of you listening at home, Dustin made a very um, uh, <laughs> acute little sound and also gestured to a very small incised spider. Yeah. <laughs> Great <for the laughs> podcast medium. Exactly. <laughs> um, what about you? I think that would be, love that. Yeah. Out of the list of things we've said, by is there anything that really? picks your interest and then outside of that list what is your dream familiar okay so when you say out of the list just so i'm really clear because i did i did i have made this mistake in the past where there's a list that DD beyond is giving me (laughs) and i pick something out of the list and dustin says no no You don't get to I have want, the sort of infinite answer. wisdom or whatever the hell I chose. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm sorry. Out of out of the out of the list that you sent me, Inkmo, that has the dinosaurs and every everything on it, or out of the base list that you said, which was both. So I want I want your base list pick, and then I want okay. your big list I sent you pick. 
Can you just refresh Actual. me on the, on the base list, please? Okay, oh. I will do that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Do you have an open, Dustin? It got bat, cat, crab, frog, which is actually a toad, technically. Uh, hawk, lizard, octopus, owl, poisonous snake, a, a little fish like a quipper. It's like a piranha. Rat, raven, seahorse, spider, or weasel. Okay, I'm narrowing it down to three, and I have not thought mm. about it a lot. I'm just going based off, as I, as I listened to them, you said bat first, and then you said crab. And I said I'd choose a crab over a bat, and then frog, and I stayed with crab. So the three that I narrowed it down to was um, a hawk, a weasel, and I've forgotten the other one. So it's a hawk. So I've narrowed it down to two now, which is that's pretty good. Um, that's pretty quick. That's good for podcasting. Um, so a, a hawk, yes. I think, would be very helpful. Eyes mm-hmm. in the sky. And very quick for diving. Mm-hmm. Um also pretty oh, yeah, intimidating definitely. as well. If you're wandering along on a on a campaign, you're out with your friends, you're there's a couple of you, you're you're on a on an adventure, and then you see a hawk overhead, it's a, it is intimidating to see a bird of prey and with a big screech like that in the sky, that would be intimidating. And I don't think that would be so out of the ordinary that you would mm-hmm. go, oh, someone's spying on us, or oh, someone's trying to gather intel. It would just yeah. be, and kind of majestic as well. I've never been majestic in my life, so it kind of could be pretty cool to have, you know, a creature yes. that is a part, kind of a part of you that is really majestic and, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, if a you weasel were is the opposite forest. of all of that, which is pretty close to what I actually am in real life. <laughs> Gosh. Clumsy, silly. <laughs> um very uh lazy tired a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> um i think a weasel would be quite a funny creature um and i think if a weasel went up to someone first of all i imagine a weasel could be very sneaky and get into mm-hmm. a lot of places that maybe even you know humans or or humanoid style characters um wouldn't be able to get into and i think if a group of random people or even like say say there was a some guards up ahead at a at a wall and the blocking a city i think if a weasel went up to the guards i don't think the guards are going to find that intimidating so they're not going to attack the weasel and i think if anything depending on the personality of these guards i think they'd find it funny and cute and so potentially mm-hmm. there's some there's some uh um you know, you could maybe distract them with the weasel or maybe that maybe you could just warm them up a little bit with this funny little weasel that's on the ground. I think a weasel has real potential in a campaign. Yeah. Now to narrow it down to those two. Can I tell you something between those two that might help you? Yes. So um, the weasel has a plus three to perception. So you're right. Able to like, has keen, keen hearing and smell. Yep. It's stealth is plus five. So it, it it does have a proficiency in being stealthy. The yeah. hawk has a proficiency in perception. So it's really keen sight. Yeah. Um, and it, but it gets plus four to perception. So just a little bit better than the weasel. Mm. The other thing is that uh, this weasel has a speed of 30 feet. So that's just uh, walking, running on the ground. The hawk has a speed of 10 feet, but can fly 60 feet. Move. So you got some mm. speed there and perception, and then you got the stealth and a bit of. I think. Like... Look, I think the smart choice would be to go the hawk, just because mm-hmm. of that extra mileage you get per move. But I yeah. think the choice that I would end up making would be the weasel. 
just because I think that's funnier. <laughs> I still think I would go octopus and I, I like the idea that I would just drape my octopus in places that it's not expected at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's very slow when not in water. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm not saying it's the wise choice, but I just, I just, uh, it, it um, has tentacles and I mean, in water, it's pretty good. Yeah. If there's any octopuses in the chat, we sincerely apologize for <laughs> for calling you out for being slow on the land. <laughs> hey, I think hey. a seahorse would also be quite cute as well, because just imagine there's any sort of uh, fish tank or aquariums. You could a seahorse would go unnoticed and you'd be able to get gather some real intel. I don't know I where else it unless it was in the ocean stats. or maybe in a river. It might, it might get stuck, yes. It has no real bonus things except that it can only it is, breathe underwater. <laughs> is that a bonus? It is actually no. nothing. It's, it's, it's slower it's, than the octopus. If it's outside yeah. of water, it can't move. <laughs> <laughs> and it can only breathe underwater. Yeah. So it's kind of like... They were like, "All right, what's we've got? We've got octopus, weasel, and hawk. What's some other? We need some other ones." And someone went, "Ha ha! What about a seahorse?" And they just went, "Yeah, wrote it down." <laughs> what are we going to add to it? Nothing. It's a seahorse. I think that's me in the room, right? <laughs> they're a... like, they're like bat, crab, traditional, familiars, and and then I'm in the corner going, "How about an octopus, or a little fish, or a seahorse?" And they're like, "We're putting it in, but it's not going to get anything cool." I think the seahorse so, should have something. I just what would what do you think a seahorse? Because I, I all of the um things that you said about the hawk makes total sense. Very fast, got good perception, keen sight, mm-hmm. and all the things that you said about the weasel as well makes sense. Like very sneaky, very cheeky, mm-hmm. can um you know good at perception and and not too quick, but you know can add a bit. And then the seahorse, mm-hmm. it, it, what what do you think a seahorse should? Okay, give two you? things immediately yep. come to mind. Mm-hmm. One. Right stealth because like the leafy seahorse really good at pretending to be seaweed yep two um gender equality because the male seahorse holds all the eggs yeah <laughs> and that's really important as a society it should not be undervalued did we just fix gender equality <laughs> we just need more seahorses yeah. so i imagine a seahorse genuinely might be a really actually a really good familiar to have if you were going to play an underwater campaign is there underwater campaigns surely yeah like you could there's there's underwater races like a triton oh yeah and stuff yeah like a it's like a mermaid merman ah very cool yeah i I think a seahorse i think a seahorse shouldn't just wait so when it says can only mm-hmm. breathe underwater, that doesn't give your character the ability to breathe underwater. It's That is literally just saying seahorses, by the way, can only breathe underwater. Can yeah. only breathe underwater, yeah. just in case it's you're like curious. They just, it's like they just Googled seahorses and just add yes. pop, control yes. C and control V into yeah. D&D Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, pretty I, much. I would love to do an underwater campaign where you've got a familiar as a seahorse. I think that would be very fun. Also, if and you were I think a... as long as you had a DM, uh, a DM that was open to it, I think that, you know, you'd be able to mm-hmm. use it mm-hmm. somewhat strategically. Maybe not breaking the rules of like the walking speed or whatever, but, you know, just being able to <laughs> overhear, say, conversations or, you know, maybe distracting someone by being a really pretty seahorse in a spot that it's not supposed to be or, you know, whatever. I think that would be quite fun. 
Yeah. yeah. It'd be lit. Now, I'd love I'd... to do. It. And now just to finish out this mm-hmm. discussion, what is your if it could be any any beast? Any beast on this extended list or literally any beast? That list is pretty extensive. Why it's pretty, it is different? like there's not probably not much on there that I can think <laughs> of. <laughs> I'm just going to pick from this list. Yeah, or anything. <laughs> well, you could say both. Let's see. What, well, what okay. You, on this list, look. Uh, I know, and I will. I will be honest. I haven't traversed past um the f- the first couple of pages. Yeah, there's there's ten pages. <laughs> there's there's ten pages. Can I say they include such things as a cow and <laughs> and a deer, um, right next to an ankylosaurus. So <laughs> no, we're gonna not pick the cow. I don't think. Um, I think genuinely, okay. It comes down to it's again i've got two in mind they're both dinosaurs would you believe it um <laughs> but first of all we've got Rice a triceratops picking would dinosaurs? you believe actually what? if they got a supersaurus in here that was a real that <laughs> was a real dinosaur jeez i'd be surprised oh my god if there if there's a supersaurus listed on this list oh oh no. bloody oh bloody gift 10 subs oh i'll i'll do it no, they've got you can homebrew a supersaurus. Okay. <laughs> add it to the list. Yeah, you can just. Add this it to the is list. a supersaurus. No one now. knows. Not enough people know about the supersaurus, and that's really all my channel's about: just awareness of the supersaurus. Being aware. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I think I think this is probably what my two answers um, probably would come down to: either an ankylosaurus or a mm-hmm. uh, triceratops. Triceratops mm-hmm. got the horns very large um, uh mm-hmm. very um uh, protective of uh their young and their herd um pretty good at fighting as well also weighs so freaking much so uh, just a lot you know and whenever I, and whenever anyone said what's your favorite dinosaur i always say oh what do you mean like the coolest dinosaur or the kind of dinosaur that i would want to have as a friend and or pet i have to uh, specify what they mean um and when usually it's what would you want to have as a pet i usually say a triceratops because i think Mm -hmm. that would be a pretty good mode of transport slow but i really don't think anyone would get in your way ever of Mm -hmm. a triceratops i think um no one would ever like imagine you're you know on the highway on a triceratops no one's going to be honking at you no one's going to be <laughs> cutting you off no one's going to be you know if someone goes oh who's who's this they look back and it's it's me on a triceratops they're just going to go all right no worries please you know it's we're all good we're all good and also triceratops um uh vegetarian i know that's not the correct term uh herbivore <laughs> herbivore <laughs> so pretty good for the environment as well um yes. so i think that's i think that's a pretty good dino to have having said These, that do you want to know the actions ahead. that a triceratops has in Dungeons yes and uh they can do a trampling charge so if they move at least 20 feet forward that's sick and then hits with a gore attack um it can the knock. Horns. yeah so then gore is an action and then also stomp incredible yeah so i think i'd be choosing between that and an ankylosaurus who mm-hmm. very low to the ground very sturdy full of armor like i'd be very surprised if there wasn't some kind of like extra defense thing that they had and also a big whacker of a tail a big yes. giant thing at the end that they can swing about which is also very cool i which don't think that would be in D oh, yeah to use your tail as a melee weapon attack there you go <laughs> i mean that makes sense so i think 
I think I would go with the Triceratops. I think they're a little bit more versatile. I think an Ankylosaurus uh, is cool. What's the Triceratops the, what... is faster, 50 feet yeah. versus 30 feet. Yeah, um, that makes sense. The armor class is a couple points lower, but it has more hit points. It's got 95 hit points over the 68 of the Ank- Ankylosaurus. See, I think I think 68 is still pretty good, and the extra speed that you get is pretty handy. I think that's, The speed's I think on the Triceratops of 50. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. I, I, th- yeah. I think the Triceratops is is um, the winner. I think that's I think that's quite handy uh, mm-hmm. having the extra speed, but also just generally like imagine being like, all right, everybody load up onto the Triceratops. I'm tired, don't want to walk anymore. <laughs> like in that campaign that we did, the first campaign that we did, which I think was three or four sessions long with Teagues and G Funk um, and Cam. Like we were doing, we were doing so much walking. Like my, I was, I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, in literal terms, I was sitting here, but in the mm-hmm. game, I was exhausted. My feet are sore, my calves are sore, my legs are sore. You know, no one else was complaining about all the walking, so I didn't want to be the first one to complain <laughs> about all the walking. But if I had a Triceratops to pop out of my Pokeball or my, <laughs> my D&D equivalent, I think there'd be a couple of takers on that offer of, hey, can we, why mm-hmm. don't we climb <laughs> atop this Triceratops and just make this a lot easier and then also here's the other thing a triceratops they're they're so they're so tall so imagine a triceratops okay so in that campaign we had to walk into Mm -hmm. a it wasn't a village it was like a house on the side of a road and it had a wheat silo and eventually we got end up getting attacked but one of the um one of the uh tactics that we had to use was uh i had to pretend to be my character i should say had to pretend to be drunk stumble into the backyard and cause a ruckus while another character was um stealing things from the front so imagine if we all had a triceratops to walk behind of nothing to see here just a triceratops (laughs) walking down the road minding its own beeswax I think that would be quite this I think this is truly the most versatile dinosaur. And I'll and my triceratops will fight you to say if you want to say otherwise. <laughs> so if if the very compelling argument, if uh, <laughs> I came up to you, Dustin, as DM and said that they um he wanted his familiar to be a triceratops, what would okay. you say? Let me look up one thing. Because we are about, uh, we we will soon be playing a one shot with the Bryce Supersaurus and Dangerbeard and Larchington. And they have not yet discussed any character ideas or anything. And I think Bryce got his, I can see his mind has been working. The cogs have been turning. The cogs cogs are turning, and the dinos are about to be trampling. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say a Triceratops, but, um, I'm sure there is a dinosaur I'd let you have for sure. I just need right. to figure out sounds like we're going to be doing some negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's, that's definitely the case. Some negotiation. Okay, that's okay. Well, to the, to the, the answer to the question of what would be your ultimate, um, familiar, I think it would, I think it would be a Triceratops then. I think that would be my, my answer. Would you let him have a full-size dinosaur, or is it going to be a mini dinosaur? It's going to have to be smaller, unfortunately. <laughs> so you may not be able to ride it, Fry. Okay. No, so... I'm not saying that's not possible. I just got to do some very just... specific math. 
Okay, so what what kind of size are we talking here? Like a Velociraptor size, which was basically a big turkey. It just has to be CR one, whatever that means. Inkman, what does that um, mean? <laughs> so there's challenge ratings for um, creatures, and so at the moment a Triceratops is a challenge rating five, which is not the highest, but it is like high. So you have to bring it down to a one. Usually, if you're creating monsters and stuff you can adjust stats and abilities so that it gets it it makes it so if you went up against it it would be an easier challenge is kind of how that translates gotcha right so, so um, might because we're and change like your dinosaur a little bit <laughs> so does that mean if if we were like level i don't know 30 or whatever in our campaign we would be able to get better familiars is that how that works not usually but okay so how does one get to a cr5 or a 10 or or whatever you it negotiate be? with your dm <laughs> right gotcha. that or yeah. you're capturing a different dinosaur and it's not a yeah. familiar it's a pet yeah yeah but, okay i understand okay or you are a druid who is high enough level that you can transform into um a triceratops and let your friends uh ride on your back into okay. battle that dustin Consider this is, I know we're not doing the session mm-hmm. yet. We haven't even penciled it. We haven't even confirmed the date yet, but this is me asking if I can do that. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> yeah, before we started the podcast, um, I think we told you that you could, you saw dinosaurs on the list and then I explained to you that uh, druids can potentially change into dinosaurs and I've done that as a druid character before and his <laughs> eyes lit up it wasn't the lights in the back of his streaming room it was it was coming from his eye okay i will give you a guarantee of a dinon eachus dinachius dinachius how do you spell it Uh, d-e-i-n-o-n-y-c-h-u-s wait hold on d-e-y-n d-e-i-n d-e-i-n O N. Yep. Y C H U S. I will take it. <laughs> because that is a CR one. You will have to be a warlock, though. Is that good? Warlock sounds good. Although, oh, that means I can't I'm transform into a dinosaur. What if I was a That's druid? Would thing you is, you're not a druid. Into a dinosaur? Oh, heavens, yes. That uh, let me. Yes. Let me... <laughs> oh, no. No, like, not even. A... Yeah. A hundred percent. If you're a druid, level three, um, uh, circle of the moon, you mm-hmm. can transform into a. You can do the velociraptor, can't you? Yeah, you can do you yeah. can do that creature specifically. You can just turn into it. Is yeah right. So does and that mean you able to turn into the triceratops? At level fifteen. Okay, right. So there's still uh, so officially. as a druid, there's still a list of creatures you can and can't. Yeah. there's a there's it's... a limit that's cr based unfortunately gotcha. and then as then it's like a division thing it's like one third if you're a moon so do you want one. a familiar that's a dinosaur or do you want to turn into dinosaur to be honest i kind of like the idea of turning into a dinosaur because who wouldn't want to experience that at least once <laughs> you know now, let well, me I... tempt you more <laughs> But I think I, I would I would have to look at the list because I think because if if you're gonna like if you did just turn into a Velociraptor like that is kind of just a big turkey with sharp claws which is still pretty intense but it's certainly not the Velociraptors that I think uh, that have been popularized by by film. 
less less intense than that. What about a what about a pygmy triceratops? I'll, I'll I've been alerted to ask about. I mean, just decrease the stats, and then CR will decrease with it, and thus it'll be allowed. That's the this, magic um, of the DM. Yeah, just the, the Velociraptor is tiny. Yeah. Um, oh, the Velociraptor itself is one fourth CR, yeah. which is about the same as some of the other familiars. Which means even if you weren't a warlock, I would let you have it. Okay, right. The Deinonychus is very bird-like as well. I mean, most dinosaurs that were of that shape um, were very bird-like, but this one is particularly bird-like. It's kind of like, um, it's basically a giant bird, but with wings that it wouldn't be able to fly, I don't I don't believe. Which is kind of funny, because there would have been all these dinosaurs walking around uh, 60 million years ago or whatever with these feathers going, I don't know, I don't know why I have these. They're very soft. They're very nice, but I can't do anything <laughs> with them, and it's kind of weird. Um, I look very cool, but I just I just don't feel very practical. And then, of course, years later, birds became. Do you want to know what's also a CR one? A giant octopus. A giant <laughs> octopus. Big old boy. Just, just putting that out there. <laughs> a giant. So now, what? What? I, so I what would you? So would you mm-hmm. turn into that, or would you want to have that as a familiar? Do you think, Inko? I'd turn into that. I really want to do a water campaign because it's, I, I really, mm-hmm. I think, um, I can't remember why, but I was discussing dolphins um, and that also <laughs> didn't work in the campaign. Just like so many roadblocks to like these sea creatures. Water, mm. need water. Jeez. Um, I have a water <laughs> Sea creatures that need the sea? Who would have thunk it? I just have a, just have a like a dolphin strapped to my back and they're just constantly I'd have to be something that could just create water constantly over my head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like a blastoise. Really cool. like, yeah. We're getting back to Pokemon or again. <laughs> a canoe filled with water, and then just my octopus can live in that. Okay. And then I just pull that along. I yeah. Seems like captivity. <laughs> <laughs> Only between bodies of water. Yeah. So as like like a yeah. transportation vessel. That's just very. That's just convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would probably choose then a water-based dinosaur, like a Mosasaurus. Okay. <laughs> Which I did just look up, and it is in D&D, according to Google. <laughs> so basically just dinosaurs. Okay. I mean, I think I would be dinosaurs because I think I would have to – I think I would want to explore as much dinosaur, dinosaur time as I can before mm-hmm. doing animals that I think that, that are like already existing now, mm-hmm. just because I think that would be that would be extra fun, I think. And mm-hmm. imagining being a dinosaur, not that it wouldn't be fun to imagine being other things like a dolphin or a whale or um, a shark or a swordfish yeah. or you know whatever. But I think I think to be dinosaurs would be would be particularly cool, you know. And and they've been gone for a very um, long time, so bringing bringing back some uh, br- bringing the dinos back into the forefront of people's minds, you know. One campaign at a time. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm really looking forward to that campaign now. And um, mm-hmm. Dustin, just... do you have an ultimate familiar that you would either like to uh, have as a familiar or turn into if you were a, if you were a druid that could do such a thing? Um, my favorite, which is usually legal. Did you say eagle or beagle? Nope, that's usually legal. Oh, okay. I was like, a beagle? <laughs> I was so, like, your favorite out think... of everything, all of, of available options, is a beagle? 
No, no, no. Pain sense um, of smell. So my, my favorite thing that's possible to turn into as a druid is a mammoth. A mammoth. Oh. That's excellent. It's unnecessary. <laughs> but like D and D is un like it's it's all unnecessary. This is just fun. <laughs> you know. Completely. Um, I did want to end this off with one finding I had about the origin of familiars. Okay. This goes back to at least uh, what's called Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, or Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition Advanced. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is the spell Find Familiar. Now, this is the difference between now and then. Back then, it was a spell that, cat that took 2d12 hours to cast and cost 1,000 gold pieces. Nowadays, it's an hour and 10 gold pieces. Um, but you are attempt to summon a familiar to act as his aid and companion. Um, they're typically small creatures, and they become spies and scouts and stuff. They form an empathic link with the familiar and can issue mental commands at a distance of one mile. Wow. Um, if separated from the caster, um, the familiar loses one HP each day and dies if reduced to zero HP. When the familiar is in physical contact with its wizard, it gains the wizard's saving throws against special attacks. Um, here, here's the thing. Um, if the familiar dies, the wizard mm. must successfully roll an immediate system shock check or die. Even if he survives the check, the wizard loses one point from his constitution when the familiar dies. Oh, because you're right. so linked to it? So yeah, there's a chance really... you die. Yeah. Wow. So when was when did two um, when did the two e uh, come about? When was that? That must have been so forever ago. Second edition D and D came about nineteen eighty nine. Right. So it sounds like Nintendo's got some answers. Needs mm. needs to um, answer some questions there. <laughs> yes, like, they do. Sounds like... Uh, I'm glad we've investigated this. Fifth edition came out 10 years ago, by the way. Okay, got it. <laughs> I mean, Pokemon's yeah. been around a while, but... Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a lot older than I thought while, it was. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. Very cool. That's, that's, um, that's very lot. interesting. Well, I like the mammoth so as much. an answer, by the way. Surely mammoth gives you some pretty cool things to be able to do. Look at those horns! Um, and they're very... You're kind of just really big. <laughs> How does a Triceratops get like a horn attack and a mammoth just gets large and woolly? I mean, they get they get they get a trampling charge and a stomp yeah. and a gore. They're just really big. I They're actually I basically think, I think a just a, a little bit stronger answer. than a Triceratops. They're basically mammoth the same is thing as a Triceratops. Than a triceratops? It's technically just because it has more HP. Right, gotcha. Uh, that's that's the only big reason there. I want, and what I was your reasoning story. for wanting to become a mammoth? Because it's uh, it's it's legal up in, in the game to become one as a druid <laughs> at certain levels. Yeah. <laughs> because I because can. I can. Because <laughs> you can. Yeah. Incredible. It's such an unnecessarily large creature for any yeah. situation. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So Send it around the town would... to like investigate for you, just stealthily, like <laughs> nothing gets you here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we could do a campaign where it's um uh myself as a triceratops, Dustin as a mammoth, and then Inkmo as a giant octopus. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. A Rolling into town together. 
I think that's an Ice Age movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Unless someone well, can someone I... please read that to Pixar. We've got the next I... best thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few Ice Ages I haven't watched, so I'm assuming that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, um, well, thank you so much for joining us for that chat, Brian. Would you like to uh, sell yourself to our listeners? Tell them where they can perceive you. Uh, and do uh, yep. Hello, my name is um, Brian. I have a Twitch channel called Brysupersaurus. That's um, B R Y. And then, of course, the extremely well-known Supersaurus. Shouldn't have to spell that because it's one of the most popular dinosaurs. <laughs> um, I, I I stream on Twitch three days a week. Um, it's a very uh, wholesome and just uh, fun and silly stream. We're a very open and welcoming um, community and, and just very, very wholesome. And we play lots of different silly indie um, games, a lot of puzzle platformer games. We also do a lot of Nintendo cozy, just very chill um, games, and also a lot of community nights. We play all, we all play games together. And I'm just, it, just I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of Bryce uh, Supersaurus uh, at any of the places that you would ordinarily look, uh, look for people. <laughs> we'll link it. We'll link, link, link it. We will link it in the uh, podcast description. Um, not lick our podcast. I mean, what people do with their own phones in their own time is uh, that's between them and their phone. Um, that that's uh, <laughs> yep. Justin's absolutely going to leave that in, and now we awkwardly end the stream. <laughs> and podcast recording. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, you should be telling all of your friends about Bry and also how wonderful this podcast is. Follow us in all the places. Come check us out on Twitch if you want to see what we look like and you don't want to miss out on the hand gestures, or the visual component that we think is missing from the podcast platform. Get um, the give give us a five-star review on Apple. It really helps. Yes. Yes. It really does. It um I hear that it in a lot of podcasts. It's a place that I think that you can actually review podcasts. And mm. like I was saying the other day, I I don't know the reactions of people listening to our podcast. Um, I can only see people in chat when we do it on Twitch. And I would I would love to know if people like what they hear and if you have ideas um, for topics, come find us somewhere. Um, not at my house. Uh <laughs> Just, just, just to stipulate that, please. Just to please stipulate don't come that. Searching for any um, of our houses. Yeah, if we didn't roll for this at gmail.com, I don't think we've ever told anybody our email. You can email us. Do people still um, email? Hey, um, if uh, no, to answer that really quickly. <laughs> oh, okay. um, <laughs> if you're listening, if you're listening Dang. to this and you, and you got this far in, welcome. Um, uh, well, not welcome. You've been here for a while. Thanks. Um, <laughs> hey. Why don't you come on to one of the streams at twitch.tv forward slash we didn't roll for this or twitch.tv forward slash inkmo underscore or twitch.tv forward slash brysupersaurus and tell us what familiar you would be given no um, limits, you know? How about that for some engagement? <laughs> Thank you so much. We're going to like, that's Heck going yeah. on everything. Send it to print. Um, <laughs> print it baby <laughs> clip it and ship it <laughs> engage with us um, thank you <laughs> it was at this moment that Dustin realized that they had not said goodbye to their valued listeners 
And so, at this time, I would like to graciously accept apologies from everyone involved except for myself, because I definitely didn't forget. I never forget about you. You are loved and cherished. Goodbye. Hey, newsflash, just stand, Kaylin and Dustin, discussing Dungeons and Dragons, they fuck custom, answering the questions you didn't know you wanted to, the kind of stuff play on players can find if it's true. So come and listen to our heroes, weirdos, here goes, they're gonna tell you what the things their brain knows. Here those, uh, wait, what's that? The episode's over. Oh. Huh. Okay, well, um, come, come back next week, please? Sorry I called you weirdos.